Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, good afternoon, good evening, uh, whenever it is you're listening to this podcast. We're really glad you are. It is the 15th of October. I'm Nadine Blaney, here with Scuddy, as per usual. I ask you every day, but I like to. How was it for you today, Scuddy? It was good. Uh, how was your day? It was pretty good, thank you. It was a busy one. I feel like we got a lot of information out of the gates today. You know, shortly after we got on air, before the market opened, we heard from the RBA governor, Phil Lowe. Scotty, did you get what you want from the Reserve Bank governor? Uh, I was pleased to see that the, the governor didn't uh, turn hawkish and uh, you know, become very optimistic uh, unnecessarily given the, uh, the challenge that lies ahead. Put it that way. So the markets have done you know, pricing a very strong expectation that there'll be some form of further easing in the uh, the months ahead. Uh, a lot of people are concentrating around that November meeting in particular ahead of the uh, SOMP and the uh, the new forecast. Um, the market reacted as you would expect. It was a very dovish speech, uh, talking about the uh, focusing on the pros predominantly when it comes to uh, you know, further easing rather than the the financial stability risks. So. I thought it was a pretty good speech by the governor and certainly tees up the uh, strong possibility we'll see some easing next month. Okay, so a Melbourne Cup rate cut potentially or more likely on the cards today than it was yesterday. What else was in there? I mean, the Reserve Bank governor really was at pains, I thought, to emphasize that these are very live discussions around the table at the Reserve Bank when it comes to what tools they have that will lead to job creation that's the bottom line they want to create jobs but again they don't want to do it on their own they're calling you know for fiscal spending even you know yes on the state side as well yes the q a section was quite informative when uh, when he was asked about uh, the potential for asset purchases so outright quantitative easing and uh, he didn't go and uh, scotch it uh, by any stretch talking about you know, uh, examining purchasing between the five and ten year uh, you know, duration now when you look at, uh, at where a lot of issuance is done there, a lot of the state government's going to do that. He did go and mention in his speech that he'd like to go and see more done from the state governments mm-hmm. when it came to infrastructure investment. So this is exactly what I've been arguing for many, many months is the RBA's role is not to go and be the primary uh, support mechanism now, it's to go and be the facilitator to go and allow fiscal spending to go and help with this recovery. So let's hope that uh, that follows suit. Uh, we saw the uh, Victorian uh, budget came out today with quite a hefty uh, deficit, which is not too surprising given what's been going on. Uh, once we start the rebuilding process, we'll need to go and get a lot of people back to work and there's a few better ways to go and do it than uh, then let's go build some infrastructure, which in a place which has been growing 2% plus per annum for, uh, for several years, I'm sure a lot of Melbournians in particular would, uh, would appreciate some more infrastructure in that city. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's not like there's not work that needs to be done. So if we can be constructive, uh, not be wasteful. Uh, would be a good thing overall. So, okay, so we will continue to digest that RBA 
um, the RBA speech and what Phil Lowe said, no doubt, in the days to come. So the Melbourne Cup meeting now very, very live. We also had a double whammy with the jobs data released at 11.30, so a slight uptick in uh, the unemployment rate. Uh, but I don't think there was anything in this jobs report that was too shocking overall. No, it was a dog's breakfast. And it's going to be a dog's breakfast, unfortunately, for a long period of time until we start having uh, the... Uh, definitional uh, changes around, uh, around JobKeeper and the like uh, resolve. So uh, yes, 30,000 30, odd decrease in employment. Uh, the unemployment rate ticked up, participation rate ticked down, but we really can't garner too much. A lot of the weakness was concentrated in Victoria. The one disappointing aspect, and depends on what, whether you want to be glass half full or glass uh, half empty, but uh, it certainly looks like you know, during the month, the, uh, the recovery in hiring in other parts of the country uh, outside of Victoria, looks to have stalled. Now, one month does not make a trend, but uh, if we have a follow-up month like that in, uh, in October, uh, that will be quite troubling. So we'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, not too much to go and read into that particular release today. But I think just emphasizes the Reserve Bank's real focus on job creation when it comes to any of the further monetary policy tools that they can deploy. They wanna know that it's going to be effective when it comes to their mandate. And yeah. uh, also, you know, when we talk about inflation, we talk about the change to the focus on actual inflation as opposed to forecast inflation. So in keeping with, you know, what we're hearing from central banks and other parts of the world as well. And I think that was another point to take away from the RBA speech today was that the reality is it's an acknowledgement of the fact that we're in a universe where you know, unprecedented central bank action is the reality and the RBA cannot, cannot fight the Fed. Yes, it's, uh, it needs to go and participate along with everything else. So you cannot go and sit on the sidelines while other central banks go and open the monetary gushes uh, and just go and allow the currencies to depreciate and the like. It shouldn't be a race to the bottom, but we can't go and have the Aussie dollar start moving back towards, you know, 80, 85 cents. It's just going to be crippling. It's going to go lead to, you know, very strong disinflationary pressures and even potentially deflationary pressures. Uh, that is exactly what you don't need in a recovery. You mentioned the, uh, the, the labor force. You know, we're talking about millions of Australians are either unemployed or will be underemployed at the end of this pandemic. And that needs to be addressed. Uh, the RBA is on board. The government uh, you know, have been very generous with the, uh, the fiscal stimulus that's been applied so far. I still suspect that they have to do more on that front uh, because it's gonna be years. Don't get, in, don't get me wrong, it will be absolutely years in a best case scenario that we see employment return to the levels it was prior to the pandemic. Well, good thing we have a budget coming up in six months and good thing the Australian government can still borrow at very low rates. All right, let's just leave that for now. Yes, the expectations of monetary policy, a rate cut in November, likely did a bit to buoy sentiment at the banks were amongst the best performers on the local market today. We saw the XJO closing above that 6200 level, 6210 to be exact, back to seven month highs. We saw the miners and the energy stocks also amongst the best performers, we did see the price of oil popping through the overnight period. The sector was up by 2.5%. Material space was up by 1.2%. The best performing company today was Whitehaven Coal, up by more than 12%. First time for everything. So uh, <laughs> Whitehaven's obviously been in the wars, uh, not only from what's been happening at uh, its operations, but uh, also what's been happening with the, uh, the, the spat between Australia and China and this uncertainty about whether quotas or geopolitics is leading to uh, an abandonment of, uh, of cargo is going from Australia to uh, China for coal. But I uh, know had its quarterly update. Uh, there were some, uh, some small beats there. And uh, Henry Jennings from Marcus Today 
joined us at the end of the program today and he said that uh, there was uh, maybe a bit of short covering taking place given so much pessimism was already built into that share price. Yeah, and when you consider what we've all been talking about over the past couple of days in terms of coal imports into China. So we'll leave that one there. Uh, there was a bit of sector rotation um, away from Infotech, away mm-hmm. from buy now, pay later, Zipco. Z1P is the ticker code, one of the most followed companies on the Ausbiz platforms, and it was down by 7.6%. Hold yourself back, Scotty. No, it's uh, just, we've, we discussed uh, no, this yesterday, but it's a very hot sector. There's a lot of hot money has been chasing it higher. So it's uh, just giving back a little bit of the strong gains I've seen in recent weeks. But yeah. uh, look, I, I, nothing's changed. I just, we look at uh, no, all these particular ones that are associated with spending at the moment. Uh, we know that there's so many temporary factors. We've got lots of stimulus. We've got an inability to spend in other areas. Uh, we've got a lot of people still in lockdown. All those things go and help. Uh, but they're all temporary in nature. And that's the only thing I'd go and say when it comes to these particular companies. Well, that's a good segue into our stock of the day, which is Maggie Beer Holdings. MBH is the ticker code. It was out with an update today. Net sales growth of over 19%. EBITDA up more than 200, pretty close to 250%. So what is driving the growth? E-commerce. What is driving that e-commerce growth? Cook from home, cook at home, whatever you'd like to call it, cook at home, not from home. And uh, that's because, you know, we're all in lockdown, we're all doing what we can. We've seen that evidence to Marley Spoon, Marley Spoon and Maggie Beer working together. But I did speak with two of our expert guests about Maggie Beer Holdings today, and uh, neither one of them was a big fan. And that is because, well, let me, let me tell you in their, let them tell you in their own words, Rudy Philbeck van Dyke from FN Arena starts the thoughts here. Uh, there comes a time when every, every, every dog gets his moment under the sun. Uh, they are now enjoying the fact that people are locked up and cooking, uh, from, home. And, and, and cooking from home. Um, you still have to be, you, you, you would need to, to have more information over a longer period to see whether this actually is sustainable. And um, I think given this is such a broad trend that you have uh, alternatives that are l- l- less risky and, and, and uh, of, of bigger value to investors. I think most of the gains perhaps from this uplift are began to be priced in now. So Maggie B got very cheap, but what you've got to remember, even though it's got this great growth, it still is a loss making company. So what we're talking about is like some of underlying a bit the kind of things. Yes, it's profitable there. Yes, that supports the turnaround story. But the bigger issue here is this company still lost um, a few million dollars on an underlying basis and $14 million when you include the write downs from uh, the purchase they made of uh, one of their dairy businesses that then turned out nowhere near as good as they thought. So what you have to remember is this does have a checkered past, this company. It has had a few ups and, down, ups and downs. I see it as a turnaround story. And I wonder if we've not already had quite a lot of that good turnaround. I'd be waiting to see if it can achieve pure true statutory profitability and if it does then i think it could be interesting because you do have that potentially powerful brand maybe they can drive people direct to the website and get higher margins and that was claude walker from a rich life giving his view on maggie beer holdings to you earlier today i reckon you'd be a pretty mean cook in the uh, in the kitchen Dean. So, how, how, how do you go I'm, I'm okay i'm not one of those people that can pull anything out of the fridge and make it into something amazing i a little bit more methodical than that, but my husband actually does most of the cooking in our house. Oh, really? Lucky me. Can you go make uh, nice cakes like Maggie does? I uh, no, not his forte. They come out of a, a mix. 
Okay. I can make a cake though. You make a pretty good cake. There we go. Oh. Make a pretty good brownie. Once when we get the uh, the barbecue set up here and maybe get break <laughs> one of the windows, I'll go. No, nah, I'll be showing my barbecue skills, but uh, for the time being, a bit difficult. So what is it? Is it lamb? Is it oh, whatever. Uh, anything? Whatever. Roast, grill. What? Get it all going. Okay. Before we get to who's coming up tomorrow, what's coming up tonight, let's just uh, point our listeners to a couple of really great interviews that I, I hope they get a chance to listen to. Uh, Frontier Digital Ventures, FDV. We get a lot of endorsements from us, our analysts on this company. So we finally got to speak with the CEO, Sean Gregorio, uh, a little bit earlier on today. So on the acquisition hunt, not finished yet. FDV is the ticker code there. Step in anytime there, Scotty, to save me. We also spoke with Olivia Engel. She is Chief Investment Officer at Straight Street Global Advisors in the Active Quantitative Equity department and she really talked to us about uh, the sectors that you want to be in uh, in case of a vaccine and uh, yeah it was an interesting chat so those are both accessible via the show notes very good d gregorio i think you'll thank need to you say. thanks so there's been a lot of talking today you have me. been on the air a lot and i've been just uh, <laughs> Sorry, waxing, away in the, waxing away in the background so i'll go and take up the slack there names are not always my forte regardless okay the jobless read is out tonight in the u.s we also will be hearing from ecb president christine lagarde we've got brexit really high on the agenda tonight yeah it's very uh, interesting what's going on in europe at the moment uh, i'm seeing some terrible numbers again when it comes to coronavirus i think today uh, we saw the largest increase in daily cases in germany since the pandemic began uh, that's not a great sign, and uh, hopefully uh, they can get on top of that without the need to go and do widespread lockdowns. But you mentioned the ECB. It's a really interesting uh, central bank in the moment. Um, for a long time, it was the Bank of Japan who was currently leading the way when it comes to innovation and trying to go and solve problems, uh, whether it's actually on the right path is another one. But the ECB is going down this path of dual interest rates, so uh, talking about their financing facilities and putting it way lower than what deposit rates are, so trying to protect savers whilst also trying to get people to go and borrow uh, and try and bring forward demand, whether it works, but I'm paying really close attention to that ECB because uh, it may be giving you some clues as to what may happen here in the not too distant future. Right, okay, so we will be discussing all things equities at 9.35 a.m. with Ben Clark, Portfolio Manager at TMS Capital. Looking forward to that. Um, you'll be talking about a drink at 11.20, not our usual Friday wine. That is an oat drink. You've got to wait till 4 p.m. for the last call for the uh, the alcoholic kind, Scotty. Oat drink, I'm excited. <laughs> sorry, to, sorry to let you in on that. Okay, the call, Henry Jennings, Marcus Today, Adam Dawes from Sean Partners. Bit of a bromance going on there, and they will take you through 10 stocks in detail. Maggie Beer, I should have mentioned it uh, after our stock of the day, but I spoke with Maggie Beer, and we'll be listening in on that conversation at 3.15 p.m. She really is a national treasure. She talks to us about some of that e-commerce push. And yeah, it will hit the climax at 4 p.m. with The Last Call, our new show. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. So a uh, lot, lot of sports to go and digest. It's prelim finals uh, in the footy uh, with the AFL and the league this weekend. We uh, have the second Bledisloe Cup game from Auckland. So uh, amongst many other myriad of sports out there. So I'm really excited about uh, our panel that we'll have tomorrow. And I'm really glad you're doing the sports because that was all a foreign language to me. I'm kidding. I watched a bit of the Bledisloe last week. But um, yeah, also, also along with sports, we'll be digesting uh, not just the day on markets on Friday, but also the week that was and what's to come the next week. So we um, look forward to seeing you 4 p.m. Friday. And we, um, I think we'll wrap it up and see you bright and early 8.30. Yeah, Friday tomorrow. I'm excited. See you then.